Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and there is plenty of football to talk about today we're only one week away from the nfl next week we'll have the lions and chiefs facing off on thursday night football the days are getting closer and closer but we're not quite there yet we've still got some news to talk about so let's go ahead let's sit back let's relax Let's sip our coffee and let's enjoy the show. Joe Shiesty. Joe. Joe Cool. Joey Franchise. Joe Big Throw. Joe whatever else is out there. There's so many Joe Burrow nicknames but he's back doesn't matter what his nicknames are joe burrow is back it is looking like he will be ready for week one yesterday he was at practice he was wearing shoulder pads he had his helmet on things seem to be good to go for one of the best quarterbacks in the league now as we talked about when the injury originally happened, it did make sense for him to be out there week one because week one and week two are divisional opponent games. And I mean, you don't want to start off the season 0-2 against divisional opponents. They released Trevor Simeon showing that, you know, they don't need another quarterback on the roster. They felt good with Joe Burrow. He's now at practice. He should be good. And the Bengals, of course, will be good as well so let's just give a round of applause for joe shiesty what a guy just what a guy glad he's back glad he's back ready to watch some football with him ready to see the joe burrow jamar chase connection that first touchdown from them that's gonna feel so sweet it's gonna feel so sweet i just can't can't wait another superstar development has happened and that is the fact that stefan diggs after all off season of, you know, speculation and rumors coming out that he was unhappy with the bills, you know, uh, the drama queen, you know, basically just not wanting anything to do with this team. He's been named a captain for the bills. And, you know, it's almost like all of this was bullshit to begin with, just like Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen said themselves when all of these reports first started coming out, we talked about it on this show, Josh Allen came out immediately, said it was a lie. Stefan Diggs came out immediately and said it was a lie. But for some reason, that narrative has been running all offseason. But guess what? Stefan Diggs is happy. Stefan Diggs is going to be a captain for the team he's on. And Stefan Diggs is going to be a top fantasy football wide receiver yet again. 
So those of you who, you know, capitalized on the weird, you know, the drop of Stefan Diggs value, congratulations. I don't I don't know why it was there. I mean, he, he's always been highly touted, always been hyper efficient, always been good and nothing changed. In fact, he's still basically the only receiver on this Bills team. Gabe Davis sucks. Dalton Kincaid's a rookie. I mean, Stefan Diggs is going to get so much value and he never complained himself. It was just random ass rumors coming out from everyone from random people from random reporters but never once did Stefan Diggs say anything and again here we go he is captain congratulations Stefan Diggs and congratulations to those of you who drafted him already another update comes on the Jonathan Taylor front. It's the story that keeps on giving. We will never be done talking about Jonathan Taylor. Yesterday, Colts general manager Chris Ballard had an interview and was specifically asked, why aren't you paying Jonathan Taylor? Why aren't you doing this, Chris? And Chris's response, the worst response I've ever seen, we won four games last year. Chris Ballard, what are you talking about? Jonathan Taylor was not the reason you guys only won four games. If anything, Jonathan Taylor was the reason you won four games. The guy only played in 11 games. He had been battling ankle injuries all year. There was terrible quarterback play. There was terrible offensive line play. The defense was bottom half of the league in any category you look at. And yet somehow, Jonathan Taylor still averaged over 100 all-purpose yards a game, 89.3 rush yards a game, 18.7 receiving yards a game. Totally fine. Played well. Just nothing was working against him. You have the box stacked against him. You have, again, no quarterback, no offensive line, no weapons, nothing. It was all Jonathan Taylor last year. Of course he was going to struggle. He went down to four touchdowns after having 20 the previous year after being the RB one the previous year after almost solidifying himself as one of the best running backs in the league last year. And yet, yet due to the fact that Chris Ballard himself decided to roll out Matt Ryan, Chris Ballard himself decided to roll out Sam Ellinger. Those are the reasons the Colts only won four games, not Jonathan Taylor. And I don't know how you can be a general manager in the league and not even understand your own football team. How stupid can you be, Chris Ballard? How stupid can you be? Pay Jonathan Taylor, make him happy, and your team will be fine. Don't worry about the fact you only won four games last year. Don't worry about it. Jonathan Taylor was not a part of that at all. Uh, and it's really idiotic for him to say that kind of thing. It, it's almost like he is completely out of touch with his organization and the NFL as a whole. Chris Ballard, get out of here. And another update on this front is that the two teams that were interested were, of course, the Dolphins, who we already know, and the mystery team, the Green Bay Packers, actually went out and made an offer for Jonathan Taylor uh, which I find pretty interesting. I, I find that very interesting, given that they have a pretty decent running back room in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. What this leads me to believe is that, you know, the Packers aren't totally sold on their running back room. They're a little bit worried. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones have had their fair share of injuries over the years, especially Aaron Jones. So, you know, they want that contingency plan and they still want to have a really, really good 
rushing attack. And I mean, shoot, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, AJ Dillon, it would be ridiculous and a bit too crowded. Uh, but it, it makes a certain amount of sense, especially with the young quarterback, Jordan Love back there, give him as much help in any way. Um, so uh, anyway, I just thought that was a fun little uh, interesting little note that the Packers were bidding in on Jonathan Taylor. This does lend me to still believe that Emmanuel Wilson needs to be rostered in these deeper leagues. If the front office isn't sold on their two running backs, that means that, you know, they probably don't think they'll be able to play the whole season. And that means that Emmanuel Wilson will have some games if they don't bring in anyone else. So just keep your eye on him. If you have the roster space, if you have the taxi squad space, I really do recommend picking up some Emmanuel Wilson. Uh, and and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Jonathan Taylor trade front. I mean, I, I think ultimately everything's going to be fine and get worked out. I mean, it makes more sense for the Colts to keep him than trade him, given the team build. But I mean, Jesus Christ, Chris Ballard, you were just dumb. It also comes out in this tweet from Barry Jackson that the Colts wanted Jalen Waddle plus for Jonathan Taylor. And that's just ridiculous given the current RB market and wide receiver market. I just have no idea what this Colts front office is doing. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. God. And finally, just a little Colts running back update. Roto Baller and the Athletic, the source here, uh, wrote a little article. The source here is the Athletics' James Boyd. And the headline is that Zach Moss is likely the starter if healthy. And this is kind of why I said yesterday, and I've been saying really as this thing has started to develop, don't pay up for any Colts backup running back. Just don't do it. There's no point. It's going to be a complete committee if Jonathan Taylor's gone. It's going to be Zach Moss. It's going to be Deion Jackson. It's going to be Evan Hole. It's not going to be a single one of those being the top performer every single week. It's going to cycle. You know, Evan Hole might come on towards the end of the year. You know, Deion Jackson might be the guy at the beginning of the year with Zach Moss kind of in the beginning. He is returning from his broken arm. It is expected the timeline for his broken arm, Zach Moss, is that he will be ready week one. So it might not even be Deion Jackson. It might, like I just said, be this committee that sucks, right? You know, you're not going to want a single piece of this. And I just, I don't see any upside in any of these guys without injuries, unless we're talking about Evan Hole at the very, very end of the year. Um, and that, And that's just, you know, too long to hold on to someone. At this point of the year, guys, I say it all the time. At this point of the year, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, your roster needs to be filled with people that you can drop easily. You don't want to hold on to these players that are going to break out at the end of the year. You're wasting roster space. You need to be churning. You need to be cycling out different players. And you need to be taking as many swings as possible because this is the time of year where everything starts to get set in stone. Everything starts to change. You take some shots on some high upside players. You see their usage the first two weeks and you realize they don't have the upside you wanted them to have, go take a chance on someone else. If you roster someone like Evan Hole right now, you're never going to drop him. You're going to be stuck with Evan Hole on your roster because in the back of your mind, all you're going to be thinking is, well, you know, uh, an injury could happen down the line, and he's a rookie, he's young, he's the pass catcher. At the end of the year, he really could come on strong as the Colts start to get better, so I'm just going to keep him now and be stuck with this roster clogger for the rest of the year. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Take a chance on some other guys and have some fun. You know, that's what fab is for. That's what your waiver wire order is for. You know, it's it's a it's a weekly game that you can be playing. It doesn't have to be planning ahead for week 14, which helps. It does help. But in this scenario, don't do it. Uh, this backup running back room is just way too crowded and none of them have the true upside. 
Next up, let's talk about Kareem Hunt a little bit. As we know, he's been kind of floating around. He's had offers. He's signed and then unsigned, went to another team. No one knows what's going on with Kareem Hunt. Tom Pelissero comes out and says that he has offers from four teams and he is continuing to wait just for the right offer. If I'm Kareem Hunt, I'm just accepting something. I don't think anything's going to get much better from here. Uh, you, you've already explored the market. You've basically been the only one out working out with teams. Leonard Fournette has been taking his time working on himself. And Kareem Hunt has kind of been doing the opposite. He's been rushing to get a contract and he hasn't done it and he's not getting the money he wants. But he probably is getting the money he deserves. I mean, he's seen some efficiency hits. Yes, he's a good football player, but he also has the off-the-field issues and the random controversy from a few years back. So it makes sense that teams don't want to pay up for him too much. So uh, if I'm Kareem Hunt, I'm going to go ahead and just sign a contract with the team I want to play for the most and just move on. But I'm not Kareem Hunt. And so uh, the, that kind of uh, reasonableness is out the window for him. He wants the most money. He's bag chasing. But he's not necessarily going to get a bag. There have been some reports from Cody Carpentier from going to these training camps that he's heard that Kareem Hunt has been, you know, getting unhealthy, has let himself go this offseason. And that's why teams are kind of becoming interested and then uninterested. He's being bounced around and going team to team to team to team to team to try to find this contract. He just isn't at in shape the way he used to be. So this Kareem Hunt situation is getting weirder and weirder and stranger and stranger and more disappointing as the years go on. And as I say, or as the weeks go on, and as I've been saying all offseason, the free agent running back you need to be taking a chance on is Leonard Fournette. He's the cheapest and has the most upside. He still has the pass catching abilities. He's going to be cheaper because he's older and he's probably going to end up on a better landing spot just because of all those things I just mentioned. He's cheaper. He can be for a competitor and he can catch out of the backfield as well as run between the tackles uh, and, you know, take a huge workload. And that's why Leonard Fournette is going to catch some, you know, catch some eyes from some teams, get some nice offers. And I'm sure we'll end up in a good spot, you know, like the Chargers or the Bengals or some sort of explosive offense, maybe the Vikings, as we continue to see that offense, you know, work around their running back room. Uh, and finally, uh, I've got a couple more news items for uh, real quick, but the Chiefs wide receivers, I saw this quote and I felt it was good to talk about. Chiefs general manager Brett Veach said today that Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross will start out as package players. The hope is that they produce enough to graduate and become every down wide receivers later in the season. Right now, Sky Moore is one of the every down guys. Veach expects a big jump from Sky Moore this year. So, lots to break down in this quote. One, Sky Moore, get him, trade for him, draft him. His ADP is still low. His value is still low. It has been signaled all offseason that Sky Moore usage is growing immensely. All offseason. That is all we've been hearing. And yet his ADP is only very, very slightly climbing. Still go ahead and take your shots on him. He's going to well outperform ADP and he's going to have a huge, huge year this year. The other takeaways are that Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross are both going to be utilized uh, in some capacity. And that's really good. You're never, ever, though, going to have confidence to start them. We see this with the Chiefs. We saw it last year with Sky Moore. We saw it in Tyreek Hill's rookie season. Uh, they, they, they take their time with their younger wide receivers. They let them have low snap shares. They let them go in and only excel in the things they're actually good at. They don't try to overwork them. So Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross will definitely be rotated in, but it sounds like they just have specific plays designed for them as package players would lend me to uh, understand. 
we'll be seeing probably some just, you know, when you have the more, um, I guess, traditional football plays, you know, with, with Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross, they're a little bit more prototypical of wide receivers. You know, those would be the guys who just go up and get it, get the contested catches type thing. Just the very simple play calls. I think that's where you'll see them. You know, they'll probably both get some touchdowns and be used in the red zone a little bit. Uh, but still, ultimately, that's Travis Kelsey's area. That's going to be Isaiah Pacheco's area, maybe Jarek McKinnon's area, uh, and not really there for Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross. Those of you who took a chance on either of these guys, I mean, I'm sorry to say it, you're probably going to be upset you did it. And like I've been saying, you know, these are the types of players, though, that you can go ahead and roster right now. You'll see how they're used in the first couple of weeks. They have the massive upside being attached to the Chiefs offense. And if they're not utilized in a way you want them to, you can cut bait. You're not going to be that upset with dropping Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross because you know that Travis Kelsey is going to be there. You know Sky Moore is going to be there. You know Jarek McKinnon is going to be catching passes. And you know the other wide receivers just kind of get cycled in. And you're never going to have confidence in these two guys anyway. So I would recommend rostering them right now as we watch the first couple weeks of football and then go from there and then reevaluate. That's the best way to do it in my opinion. And while we're on the topic of the Chiefs, I just saw this fantastic quote and, you know, a little, little thing, I guess, little little tidbit. Ari Myrov on Twitter says, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid was approached by a janitor who had a cool play concept for him to use. Andy Reid listened to the play, liked it, incorporated it into a game, and it resulted in a touchdown. Reid's quote on this is, we take plays from anywhere. And I just want to, I just want to give a round of applause to Andy Reid. That's awesome. That is awesome. Imagine you're just a janitor at Arrowhead, you know, you're, you're cleaning the toilets or whatever. You're, you're, you're sweeping the hallways. Andy Reed walks on by and you're like, Andy, I have a play for you. And Andy listens. That's very, very cool of him to actually listen and give, give him the time of day. And to then not only listen, but to actually incorporate the play. And then how cool is that as the janitor to then see your play result in a touchdown? That is very, very cool and very, very fun. Shout out Andy Reid for letting that happen. And shout out Chiefs for letting it happen as well. You just love a good organization. It's a top to bottom thing. It runs to the janitor to the top. It really, really does. And the Chiefs are a great example of that. And finally, guys, we have some NFL updates. We'll start first with some players landing on the injured reserve. We'll start with Jelani Woods, who has landed on IR with a hamstring injury. He will be missing the first four weeks of the year at least. This means Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson are the next players up. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, probably worth, you know, rostering just to see what happens in your deep, deep, deep leagues, tight end premiums two tight end leagues. Mo Ali Cox is probably available. You can pick him up and you can probably start him. You know, I, I, why not? Right. I mean, we see quarterbacks with Anthony Richardson's type, you know, the mobile quarterbacks love their tight ends. And I mean, it's you know, Mo Ali Cox has produced before in the past. So, so, um, you know, obviously not a long-term thing there, but if you really need the help, maybe worth a shot. The next injured reserve player is Tyquan Thornton, who is really getting close as hell to bust territory, unfortunately. One of my favorite players. You know, I like betting on speed. I'm a speed merchant, if you will. I, I like that stuff. And so when you tell me a 4-2 speed on an offense that has no one near that fast, I would expect Tyquan Thornton to break out. But again, he gets injured. This time it's a shoulder injury. He's going on AR, and it's just terrible because he needs that time as this offense is trying to grow and kind of 
really, I mean, they're new, really, with a new offensive coordinator, quote unquote, coming in. I mean, lots of things are changing around here. So you would like to be able to solidify your spot. This means that, you know, standout rookie Demario Douglas is the next man up, as well as Kayshawn Booty, I'm sure, will be mixing in as well. Kayshawn Booty, as we saw, did show some speed in one of his preseason catches. He took it for like 50 yards or something, you know, had a nice explosive catch. And Demario Douglas has a 4-4-4-40 and is a very small guy, so gadget player as well. I would expect both of them to kind of cycle in to make up for it. But neither of them do have Tyquan Thornton's speed, so that will be an element on the offense missed out for sure. But I'm sure they'll make it work. It is the Patriots we're talking about. It'll probably just be like five more passes going to Ramondre Stevenson or something silly like that. And the next player is Kenny Nwongwu, who landed on IR. And that really, no huge takeaway here. It just makes the Miles Gaskin signing make a lot of sense. Kenny Nwongwu goes down. You get basically a one-for-one replacement with Miles Gaskin. You have the RB3 there. I think when I see that injury, when I saw Miles Gaskin come in yesterday, you heard me talk about it. I was like, oh, you know, this might mean some rough things for Ty Chandler. Uh, I don't think it does anymore. I think this means that Miles Gaskin is definitely the RB3 and that it was more of a replacement for Nwongwu. Uh, and you can go ahead and be a little bit more confident with Ty Chandler uh, and, and, you know, latch on to that, see what happens. And finally, guys, some practice squad updates. As we know, cut down day was a couple days ago. We talked about it yesterday. A lot of the players who were released ended up re-signing with their team's practice squad. Some of them have gone to some other teams. So many out there, but here were some ones I saw. You know, I'm sure there's others out there, but here are some ones that I saw that I felt were important and good to talk about. First, Will Greer, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback who was told before the game that he would be released, went out through for 300 yards, rushed for 50, and had four touchdowns. Well, he signed with the Bengals, and I would have to say that he is the backup quarterback to Joe Burrow now. It's not going to be the Jake Browning guy, and obviously they did release Trevor Simeon, so it's looking like Will Greer, after he learns some Learns the playbook will probably be the actual backup in Cincinnati, but he's on their practice squad. Daneric Prince, after being released by the Chiefs, actually signed back with the Chiefs. He's on the practice squad, and that's fine. Like, I'm totally fine with that. I was a little upset when I saw it. I've been a Daneric Prince truther, but I think being on the practice squad is okay for a player like that. Running backs get activated off the practice squad all the time. If an injury happens, which is possible with the age of Jarek McKinnon, or if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire starts off slow again and continues to suck, I do see him being activated at some point. So this is still a buying window for Daneric Prince. Patriots quarterbacks Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, after being released, signed with the Patriots practice squad. Great for them. Again, if anything happens to Mac Jones, they'll just be elevated to the active roster. It is still interesting to me that Bailey Zappi is on the practice squad instead of the actual roster, but that is probably the most Bill Belichick thing you can do. You know, only have your starters on the active roster for offense and cycle in everyone else. Otherwise, fill your roster with your practice squad. It's just a very, very interesting build, Bill Belichick thing. Zach Koontz, the Jets tight end, the most athletic tight end in this year's draft class, joined the Jets practice squad. That's fantastic. Again, like Daneric Prince, you know, this guy could end up being activated, and I think he will. CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin are not the most athletic tight ends in the world. They're also getting up there in age. CJ Uzoma's had some health concerns before as well. So look for Zach Koontz to be activated at some point this year. Melvin Gordon signed with the Ravens practice squad. You know, not a crazy takeaway here. I still think at this point of his career, he's basically dust, but still glad he could earn a little bit of a paycheck and, you know, fade away, as they say. 
Zonovan Knight, after being released by the Jets, actually went and signed with the Lions. He is joining the Lions practice squad. And as the Lions don't have a backup running back, this could be a very valuable spot for Zonovan Knight. We saw him succeed immensely last season with the Jets in Brees Hall's absence. Absence. So I could see, you know, if an injury happens on Detroit, Bam Knight being good yet again, getting activated off that practice squad. Uh, if you still have him, I would keep holding on to him just to see what happens. PJ Walker, XFL legend, quarterback, has signed with the Browns. Give Dorian Thompson Robinson a little bit of competition. Give Deshaun Watson a little bit of fire under him, maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I doubt Deshaun Watson's actually worried about P.J. Walker. But still, just a good little backup being brought in that has some mobile capabilities. And finally, Dwayne McBride did sign with the Vikings practice squad. Same thing as I've said with the rest of the running backs. If anything happens, they'll be activated and probably be fantasy relevant. So those are the guys I felt that, you know, were still important to highlight, even if they are only practice squad players. You know, they're athletic. They've had some situations before, uh, and it's also a pretty decent landing spot. So uh, like those guys a lot. Let me double check my notes, make sure there's nothing else. Looks like I covered everything I found. Do we have any questions from the audience? We'll start with the cheat, with the top. MGJMHK asks, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, or Chase at the 101? I would go Jamar Chase. I'm a Jamar Chase guy. If it's a startup, I'm definitely doing Chase. If it's redraft, I'm probably also still doing Chase. Uh, that's just the guy I would go with. I'm a huge Jamar Chase guy. You can't go wrong with Justin Jefferson either. I would definitely say no to Christian McCaffrey. I'm just risk averse to that. and I'm, I'm going to lock myself into one of the wide receivers instead. I would just say go with whatever one you prefer. For me, it's Jamar Chase. Um, let's see. Uh, keeper, Josh Jacobs in the fifth or Trevor Lawrence in the 13th? Go ahead and give me Trevor Lawrence in the 13th. I think that that's basically face value for Josh Jacobs, you know, maybe a little bit cheaper, but still I would rather lock myself into one of the top tier quarterbacks and then build my team around that. So go ahead and keep yourself some Trevor Lawrence. Anthony makes a good point. Colts don't want to pay JT, but would pay Jalen Waddle. That's hilarious. <laughs> would you trade Justin? What would you trade Justin Ross for in Dynasty? Are you holding him? I would basically take anything. I, don't, I just, I mean, we had the health concerns with him. Uh, I know he was pretty good at, at Clemson, but it's not like he has the best profile in the world. And I mean, the Chiefs wide receivers are just, you're never going to have confidence in any one of them. Justin Ross definitely won't be there. He's going to be used maybe and maybe keep hanging around on the roster. But I definitely do believe that, you know, the hype around him presents a good selling opportunity. If you can get yourself a second, um, I think that that's plenty. And I'm sure people are out there paying it. If you can, you know, make a one-for-one -one swap for Rasheed Rice, I would be doing that. But basically any wide receiver with upside, I would be trading Justin Ross for. I really I really don't see it with him. I know we have the hope and the hype for it, but I just don't actually see it happening. Has Jack Kavanaugh left the company? No, he hasn't. No, he he, he started doing player profiler today again a couple days ago. He just had some um, issues with with just, you know, some kind of personal stuff. But, you know, he's, he's working through everything. We're glad to have him back. As you guys know, Jack Kavanaugh is a rock star. He is fantastic. Great friend of mine, so I'm glad to see you know him him back on his feet doing these shows again. Go show him some love on Player Profiler today for sure. You know those are at 7 p.m. Uh, I know he has a few episodes. You know, go ahead and check those out and tune in for him. He'll appreciate you guys. And uh, is Khalil Shakir dead? I don't think so. I might have missed that. 
Um, but I think he's, you know, worth taking a shot on in fantasy football if he is alive, uh, because he has the slot role, I think, locked down in Buffalo. And that could be, you know, some decent usage, some good points here and there. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. This was another fantastic episode of Wake and Take. I'm Jason. This was Wake and Take. You were a fantastic audience. Have a wonderful Thursday, a wonderful rest of your week. I hope to see you all tonight on Trade Gods at 8 p.m. Eastern with Maddie Kiwoom. And I hope to see you all tomorrow here on the Player Profiler YouTube channel, Twitter, and Facebook. Have a fantastic day. Peace.